We're here with Mike Ness, head of Social Distortion, who's going to be doing our big fourth anniversary show, one of my favorite bands in the entire world. Uh, thank you, and happy anniversary. Four years is good. Four years is good, and this day and age on the radio, right? Tell me what, like, the radio you grew up listening to. Did, um, how did, you know, obviously you have so many different influences. Like, where did you hear the songs? Like, for example, the last couple shows you've been uh, doing the uh, All I Can Do Is Cry, the Wayne Walker song, which is like the mid-50s. You know, also appeared on your solo album, Under the Influences. How did you discover that song? Uh, that one was probably during a record-buying spree, you know, in the late 80s, early 90s, when they were reissuing all that stuff from rockabilly, country, blues, and like Bear Family Records and all those. Everything was being reissued on vinyl. So you discovered that later on. You discovered that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wasn't 10 years old listening to <laughs> no. rockabilly, yeah. So let's uh, go back to 1956 or 1957 on the ABC Paramount label. This is the original version of All I Can Do Is Cry, very rare rockabilly record. This is Wayne Walker. Figured that's a good segue as we talk to Mike right here. Anything, anything on DHA. There's a girl in Kansas City. A little different in the rain. Well, I told her that I'd made my mind up. I didn't want to see her again What makes the night so lonely What makes the night so long Well, I guess it's just because I'm a man That's done a good that won't hold me wrong Just a liar, man Trying to hide the tracks she found Gonna catch myself a flyer One that's a Kansas City bound I'm good looking for my baby Good Lord, I hope she's still around
Anything, anything, I'm Rich Russo, Mike Ness from Under the Influence, Volume 1, All I Can Do Is Cry, after the original version of All I Can Do Is Cry, Rockabilly Classic by Wayne Walker, Social Distortion, which is Mike Ness's band, of course, been opening with that at a bunch of shows. Let's talk to Mike Ness, who's here about radio. But radio had a profound effect on me by the age of five years old. You know, I, I, I can't tell you what I was listening to, four or five years old, but it was it was rock and roll from the late 60s and uh that's when i knew that this is what i was going to do by that age five years old uh so you knew we were going to be a rock star by at age five yeah like uh steven van zant and all these guys and bruce talk about seeing the beatles on ed sullivan obviously you're much younger than them so was there a moment like that where you knew you were going to be a rock star uh, well yeah i mean I, for me it would be like the midnight special okay cool some wolfman jack and uh late saturday nights you know just watching live performances and what was really good about what well, was don kirshner's and, and what was really cool about those i don't remember which one it was whether it was midnight special or don kirshner's but one of those guys would would specifically want the artist to not do their hit right you know that would have I mean? been don kirshner's because yeah. he let them do let them just come out and do like, like a 40 minute like, set. You guys got to do like this hit every singer. night, you know, and like, yeah, why don't you do something you want to do and let the audience see another side of you. And so I thought that was really cool. You know, that was probably the end of, you know, people taking risks with radio or TV and it's at least 
as far as music was concerned. Oh, 100%. I fight, I fight it every day when I put my playlist together, uh, picking stuff that, you know, I have a ridiculous record collection, like yeah, 100,000 pieces of uh, I vinyl. I have the Wayne Walker single. Maybe, maybe I can come over to your house and go shopping someday. You could come to my house yeah. anytime you want. Know, I've had <laughs> people come. I've had Southside Johnny try to uh, go through, like, blue 78s I've had. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I'm collecting blue 78s right now for my jukebox. Oh, well, good. Well, you know, it's funny. I got yeah. a great Southside Johnny story. He came up, and he, he goes, I want to see your records. And the first thing he wants to go through is boxes of 45s yeah. that have like the fours and the fives yeah. four, you know five satins for whatever right, right. and then he goes oh you got 78s mm-hmm. and they have this 78 by um john lee booker okay which i guess in the 40s or the 50s he changed his name so people uh-huh. didn't know it was john lee hooker for some reason why he did that right and johnny goes oh um let me take this one and i'm like Okay, well, I go, is it worth anything? He goes, oh, no, no, it's not worth anything. I said, fine, so let's play it. Let's see what it sounds like. And I have, like, one of those old crank-up Victrolas with the nail as yeah. the needle. Yeah, yeah, I go, well, He goes, no, no, you can't play it on that. you got to play it on the real 78. I go, but if it's not worth anything, Johnny, wh- what's the difference? He goes, no, no, let me take this. And then, of course, I said, no, no, I don't. Well, let's play it. And then he finally he says, well, you know, I think it's worth a lot of money. And then we look it up in a book, and it's like a $1,500 record. Oh, jeez. <laughs> So Sounds you, like Johnny trying to rip me off. He tried to hustle you. <laughs> hustle and flow, right? <laughs> yeah. New Jersey hustle and flow with Southside Johnny trying to steal a blues record from me. Let's uh, play the uh, social distortion song. California hustle and flow from the fantastic Hard Times and Nursery Rhymes album, Social Distortion. <laughs> News, lonely eyes in your motorcycle boots, tattooed heart and your jet black hair, rolling round like you don't care. Take me down, take me all down the line. I was born, babe, with nothing to lose, but the black man taught me how to sing. Sort of ball and chain What's life without a little pain?
Anything, anything on Rich Russo. We're here with Mike Ness from Social Distortion. Last year, you guys released number one on my year-end list, which is on my big nice. blog, Hard Times and Nursery Rhymes. Well worth the seven years that it took to do it. But it didn't take seven years to make the record. <laughs> uh, it took six months to make the record. But it took seven years to decide to make the record. I guess so. Yeah, you know, you know, we've had we've had two large gaps in between records, and but yeah, that just drives me crazy when someone really thinks that like, yeah, we just that it takes us seven years to come up with ten songs. I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it as like Axl Rose with the Chinese Democracy. I meant that it it took seven years before you guys, you know, you wanted to come up with a record. And I love the fact that the vinyl edition actually included bonus tracks that weren't on the CD, which is the reverse of the way the industry has gone. Was that a conscious effort to make sure that the vinyl had more than the actual CD? Yeah, I mean, we kind of, you have to make it special somehow. And... You know, and then it's a way for the like true, you know, there's there's people who listen to radio who love Social D, but that's the only time they ever hear you, you know, or maybe they'll buy a CD. But the true fans, you know, have a turntable and they they want that little bit extra, you know, of extra Social D. So, yeah. We know that 2018 is just around the corner, as I'm kidding, because that's seven years from the next one, last right. one. Are you working on new material? I am. Some- I am. We actually, uh, I, I, it's very hard for me to write on the road. I get four hours a day of free time. You're stuck doing things like this with me. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I, I really don't even want to think about music. I want to forget about it till sound check. And days off, it's kind of the same thing. I'm resting. or So it's very hard for me to write on the road. But what is good is... I've got two years of life experiences bottled up right now that need that are ready to come out. And that's that's been how I've always written. And but we are definitely working we, we, and we are planning on shocking everybody and getting a record out in a timely manner like we used to do in the late 80s, early 90s. 
And mm-hmm. have you been previewing any of the songs in the live show, or are you just going to wait until... Uh, I, there's a song in the set right now. Uh, okay, there's two songs in the set right now. We're doing Company C, because I, I have mixed feelings about what we're talking about, the vinyl thing. Right. Okay. Part of me digs it and gets it. The other part of me is, is bummed that 70% of our fans are never going to hear it. So what's the point? So it drives me crazy. I'm on this, like push-pull thing right do you want it right is it how do you convert your fans either to buy vinyl well i'm not going to try and do that i mean jesus christ i'm not going to go buy a goddamn turntable and i'm not going to tell anyone how to live their life but but it drives me crazy that aspect of it you know that only a percentage of our fans have ever even heard that song so i'm bringing um, we're doing company c in the set which is a very personal song so let's hear the studio version of Company C, which was the bonus track on the vinyl album of Mike Ness's solo, Cheating at Solitaire. Here it is.
Honored to have Mike Ness sitting here talking with us right now. In consolidating for this next record, which starts with a lot of the material that didn't get on Hard Times. Oh, so there's a lot because, of outtakes. Yeah, well, they're not. They're just songs that I felt, uh, you know, didn't fit thematically or uh, just didn't have time to finish. But they're great songs, and so consolidating that, consolidating everything I've written in the last three or four years, and then revisiting old demos. You know, I, I came across a song we're doing in the set uh, tonight called "Black Magic." It's kind of a Chicago blues oh, feel, wow. and, and uh, you know, uh, I was like, this was in the '94 demos for White Light. Oh wow! And it just it didn't make it. You know, that was when I was. First time working with a, a new producer, uh, Mike Beinhorn, was the one who really pushed me with the writing in in White Light, and it's one of, one of the most valuable lessons that I've gained in my 33 years of this is, you know, just to challenge the songwriting, and you know, if you're going to write a, make us a, a record with 11, 12 songs on it, you better write 20 or 20. To come up to make songs. sure you find the eleven or twelve. To get the best ones to pick from, yeah. So now does it now is that the kind of advice you'd give to like young bands up and absolutely, coming? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Write more than you need. And the good news is if you still like the song how many years ago was that? Uh, then that's a good sign. And that's why we're doing it, because it's a badass song and and uh, it's a lot of fun to play live and, and the fans seem to really dig it. You know? No, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's the one so. thing that we've noticed in this digital age where all these kids can do record on a laptop. Mm -hmm. They record a song, they fall in love with it. They plaster it every place. The song's not ready. It's not mixed correctly. Well, that's exactly. And, you know, I mean, honestly, on our first few records, I didn't get to go through that process. And there, therefore, on all of my records, there's like two songs that I hate. Play something by the opening act. 
Anything, anything on Rich Russo, brand new from Lindy Ortega, The Day You Die, from her brand new album, Cigarettes and Truck Stops. And you can see her on, she'll be one of the openers for Social Distortion. And we're here with Mike Ness, and let's find out how they get the openers. On this tour, and you always have great openers, you got um, Lindy Ortega, who's from Toronto, just released Cigarettes and Truck Stop. How did... How did you learn about her? How did you find out about her? Uh, it was through management. I mean, between uh, us and management, we try to find, uh, you know, we just got tired of having, uh, I don't know. It seemed like we, were, we had a, lot, a run there where we had a lot of bands opening up for us who were trying to be us. And we didn't, our fans didn't appreciate that. Because they have you. Why do we they have that? And we didn't appreciate it because it was like, you know, you're traveling with this act. You got to hear him every night, and this is this opening act should represent you. 
Not what you re- what, not musically, but what you believe in. There should be similarities, obviously, right. otherwise we wouldn't like them. But differences to where the crowd. In other words, in the last five years, we've really concentrated on. Or the last couple years is concentrating on putting together a three-band package that is dynamically different and visually everything different but obviously there's some sort of connecting you know thread kind of like what i try to do on the radio where you're connecting Absolutely. song yeah. song from the 50s connect to a song yeah. from the 80s chuck berry to steve jones i mean Ex- you know, you, exactly you connect the dots now do you jump on stage and play with with her or uh, we may that? bring her out to do it her and i have worked out a little duet that's pretty neat we may so we may get that friday at starland potentially <laughs> possibly <yeah>. okay <laughs> And uh, tell me about the the biters from Atlanta. Who's I don't know if you've heard the new stuff. Sounds like Thin Lizzy. Yeah, it's like well, Thin Lizzy from Atlanta. Yeah, they're they're just those guys are great kids. They're you know they're energetic. They're young, and they get the crowd you know going early on. And uh, you know same thing. You know we completely different than us. Completely different than Lindy. But at the same time, you know. It's three bands who all just makes get, it a fantastic show. Twenty five people touring together who all just love music and love what they're doing. So why don't we play their brand new single? You're gonna love this one. I've been playing it the last couple of weeks. It's called So Many Nights, brand new from the Biters.
midnight mishap You lost your party hat Seems your lifestyle ain't so worthwhile after all A heavy-hearted taxi ride And a walk on a wild side Did your guardian angel let you down? Gonna lay low and play it straight It's time to rejuvenate Gonna kickstart your heart and come around I can't tell you now You've really got the blues I can't tell you now Yeah, I'm walking your shoes Give me the sweet love, yeah Russo social distortion from hard times and nursery rhymes give me the sweet and low down low down on when they were an opening act now when um you guys were opening for bands did you ever have like terrible opening experiences i know bruce has had a bunch of them where he said i'm never gonna open for anybody again when he did chicago well, yeah, and Ann murray yeah, and stuff of course you know i mean the, the dues paying years is like you know where you're opening for a band that means nothing to you you're just doing it you just know, to get the gig but, but it's a chance for you to play in front of a large amount of young kids or something. But then there's the other one where, like, for instance, when we got asked to open up for Neil Young, you know, which 
it was a dues payer, but at the same time, it was such a good learning experience. I mean, that was right when I was going through a transition of like uh, guitar tones and, and amp tones and all of that. I learned all that from Neil Young's crew. And I watched Crazy Horse turn their back on 15,000 people and go back to the drummer and lock in a groove. And that was right when I was going through that phase where it's like, you know what, if the song doesn't have a groove, you're just bashing through chords. Right. And uh, so it was dues paying because in the aspect of like, back then if we had uh, 300 fans in Toronto, coming to our Neil Young show, they were all spread out because it was arranged seating. Right, of course. So you got two people there, you got 10 people there, you got five way up there, and then you got a guy in the front row with a tie-dye shirt yelling, Cinnamon Girl, and you go, <laughs> not yet, bro. He, he didn't want to see a tattooed guy singing Ring of Fire, but, but you're there, and I'm here, and guess what? You can either go get a beer or you can sit there and listen, but you can. Yeah. Well, I, I was at the Pearl Jam shows when you opened for them in Philly, yeah. and obviously the crowd was. I mean, you had a full house there. Everybody no, came that in was for that, great. And they were engaged. I mean, no, they, they were there. They were there well, for you, and they were they were pumped. And that's a good example of just like wow. And here's a good example of wow from that uh, Spectrum run we were talking about, where uh, Social D opened up for Pearl Jam on Halloween night, the last night of the run. Pearl Jam came out. They special treat him with Halloween coming up in a couple of days. Why not this? They came out dressed in the um, hats and the weird yellow jumpsuits, and they covered this Devo classic. So here is Pearl Jam live from the Philadelphia Spectrum Halloween 2009, covering Whip It right now on Anything Anything.
All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to, uh, this guy, uh, this guy called Mike Ness from Social Distortion, he's done us a lot of favors this week. Uh, he did us a favor by letting us play a song with him, Ball and Chain, me and Mike, and uh, he did us a favor by coming out and playing, bringing his group, playing uh, these shows with us, and he's going to do us one more favor by, he's agreed to sing this next song with us called Down, and please welcome to the stage Mr. Mike Ness. And Mr. Johnny, too bad. Hey, Johnny. This song, uh, this song was written. Mike McCready wrote the music, and uh, when when the words were written and the, the vocal, when I, when I, we sang the vocal. It was really with Mike Ness in mind, so it's an honor to have him play. This is the real thing.
anything, anything on Retruso. Pearl Jam from their uh, famous four-night closing of the Spectrum run. There they are doing Down, that Eddie said was written uh, with Mike Ness of Social Distortion in mind. And Mike uh, played guitar and sang on that. How cool is that? Yeah. 
anything, anything. I'm Rich Russo, Bruce Springsteen, and the E Street Band covering Social Distortion's Bad Luck with special guest Mike Ness on stage with him from Los Angeles in 2009. And we're here with Mike Ness as he is part of the Anything, Anything Anniversary Party, our fourth anniversary show coming up this Friday night at Starland Ballroom. Social Distortion, Lindy Ortega, the Biters get tickets via Ticketmaster. It's going to be a blast on Friday night. And um, we're here with Mike Ness, and let's talk about you know, Springsteen bringing you on stage and doing one of your own songs. You know, when I got asked to come out with Bruce Springsteen in Los Angeles, I which I was there for. Let's talk I about that a little bit. I could not believe the response I got from the crowd. And how cool and, is it for an artist? You know, obviously, you know mm-hmm. what Springsteen represents to be able to have that band not only bring you on stage mm-hmm. to do a cover, they bring you on stage to do one of your songs. Like that well, has got to be. Yeah, that, but believe it or not, that was like. This is a funny, Steve will tell you about this. Uh, little Steven will tell you. Uh, we did Bad Luck about eight times and got it done. T- you know, sound check. Oh, I but, was at the sound check. But the I was night before, I, I, for me, that wasn't a big deal. I wanted to do one of his songs. So I learned The Rising the night before. And so Bruce was like, all right, we're done. You know, shakes my <laughs> hand. And I'm just about ready to get my guitar to my tech. And I go, man Steven Steven was like the closest guy to me I figured this is my only advocate my only chance I go hey bro you know what Fuck, I learned the rising last night I go that's one of my favorite songs you think like he's like oh you want to you're Bruce hey man you know and 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 so that was it for me you know, so that more was, of a thrill to do the rising. Yeah, it was, it was. As opposed to yeah, having, I play bad luck every night. Yeah, but bad luck. And, with, and Bruce know, loves the solo. He, oh, he loves over that one. Oh, so no, I just let him do that. his thing, and it's great. But that used for to me, be part of his walkout music. He used to have that on. Yeah, for me, it was just doing one of his songs. So the ro- oh, wow, that's yeah. and I'm going to see them in December. I'll be there in, in Orange I'll County. Be, I'll be, I okay. will be there in Anaheim because okay, I think the one time in Anaheim, they were all set up. And I, yeah, there and was a communication come. thing. I think, yeah, something. I don't think anybody called yeah, you. And they kept saying, okay, they kept rehearsing. And I'm like, right. oh, wow, Mike's coming. And yeah, then, yeah. like, where's Mike? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, that, the last record I, I, I love. No, the Wrecking Ball yeah, is like, were you were the album of the year last year? Wrecking uh, Ball probably going to be the album this year. Mm-hmm. Or actually, maybe even the Lucero album. Have you listened to the Lucero album? Yeah. Uh-huh. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. And you've toured with them as well. As well, that was a great tour as that's, well. That's a great band. That was real. That one was very special, because well, I want to have an opening band where I get here an hour before showtime. I want to go out and listen and watch them, and sing along with the song and get inspired to like go get finish getting dressed and go. Now it's time for me to do my thing. Since we just mentioned Lucero and the fantastic Women in Work album, why don't we play a cut from it? This is Lucero Like Lightning.
A nervous condition is more than a push into barge. Oh, 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 everyone is judged by the names in their address books and how many black looks they're for in return. After the show, when resistance is low, there's an act that you go to that wins you an Oscar. The boy's got a villain's large. Assistance behind every good man is some woman soft making the right things in large. She's hip to them, she's right to them Boy, it's going to get worse Get worse Get worse Get Anything, anything, I'm Rich Russo, Graham Parker from the Up Escalator, Women in Charge. We're going to close out the show with the lineage and the influence of social distortion as determined by Mike Ness of Social Distortion, as he's going to walk us through all of his influences as we close out the show. As cool as that, and we've been here with Mike Ness pretty much all night, talking about a lot of great things, a lot of great music. So since I can play whatever I want of mm-hmm. any genre, okay. is there, do you have a... You want me to play something? I mean, it's anything. You could anything. whatever anything you think of. The name of the show is anything, anything. Well, what's funny is that uh, you know, um, I just got my turntable set up. I got this Macintosh, I got these Altec, I don't even know what they are, the triangle speakers that are super hard to find. Just amazing s- stereo system in the studio now to listen to music. It's, we have a room that's just for listening, yeah. just for like inspiration. Like and uh, so I've been buying all this vinyl that I had as a kid, 
You know, just rebuying so, it. Just rebuying as it. As used or like the reissues of the... Used. Okay. Yeah, used, try to buy in first pressings, try to in good shape. But, you know, I bought ZZ Top last week. I bought Kiss Live. Okay. I bought, uh, you know, Rod Stewart. You know, and it's just so cool revisiting this stuff. You know, it never sounds as good as it does in my head. No, that's being that's a producer. True. We're just talking about that. Is oh, isn't it funny? You have it in your mind. You, it's like bigger, and and then you put it on. You're all, yeah, it's not quite as. I still love it, but it's not as just insane as you. Do you feel because you've heard it? too much or maybe you've heard it so many times I think times you just compressed. put it in your mind you know that you just build it and up where you and were at that point when yeah you heard it. probably when I first heard it because like, it was oh uh, yeah I mean you know uh, I, I got into music so early on you know before most kids so uh, it was my favorite pastime it's just sitting and looking at the vinyl at the at the, the liner notes and, and the, see who produced it and who played on it, it and just yeah, I mean, uh, so, um, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, if I was to pick anything right any, any, now. Any, it could be any genre, any, even if it's got a curse, I could edit it out, whatever. Mm -hmm. Any song, any five songs, any ten songs, you want to program the station mm -hmm. for an hour, whatever you want. You mm -hmm. have carte blanche. <laughs> okay, well, I would just go through the, for me, in a nutshell, the chronological order would be starting with... Uh, the Carter, you know. Okay. Uh, like, there's a song called "Married Girl, Single Girl" or something okay. like that that I heard as a kid. My, we we had records around the house, and the first time I heard the Carter family, I was just like, "What is, is this?" On, this the vinyl, like, on an album. Yeah, I was like the Sm Smithsonian Folkways. Oh, okay, one of those record, okay. one of those things, and uh, it just sounded so desperate. You know that dust dust bowl. So, blues. married girl, single girl. Yeah. Some, uh, you know, Hank Williams, you know, some Chicago blues, either Elmore James, John Brim, something like that, you know, Muddy Waters. Okay. Those, those three things right there.
the blue Then there wasn't nothing I could do But mosey around with my head in my hand Lord, what am I coming to? I just keep moaning, moaning the blue I wrote a nice long letter Said, Mama, please come home Your daddy is lonesome And all I do is moan I've been loving that gal for so doggone long I can't afford to lose her now I thought it was right, but I must have been wrong Cause my head is starting to bow And now I'm moaning, moaning the blues Treat her nice and kind If you do her wrong She'll leave this town And you'll almost lose your mind And you'll be moaning Moaning the blues Oh baby, baby, baby Honey, baby, please come home Your daddy is lonesome And all I do is moan I promise you Baby, that I'll be good and I'll never be bad no more. I'm sitting here waiting for you right now to walk through that front door. Then I'll stop moaning, moaning the blues.
Anything, Anything, I'm Rich Russo, and it's an honor to have Mike Ness here picking some music, kind of doing a little guest DJ thing as we um, explore the roots of uh, social distortion. We heard the Carter family from a 78 from like 1928 called Single Girl, Married Girl into Hank Williams with Moanin' the Blues and then some Chicago Blues with Elmore James, Done Somebody Wrong, and uh, Mike, where do we go from here? Then we jump to like... Sticky Fingers or Exile on Main Street. You know. Excited the Stones are touring, by the way? Yeah, I hope to try. $815 a ticket. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see. Well, I, if I'm going to spend that kind of money, I better get a good seat. Yeah, well, and that's yeah. the funny thing. It's not even great seats anymore. They, yeah. uh, well, we put a request in because I get to be like this Murray Decay mm-hmm. figure in New York. Where I'm, I, got, I brought Springsteen on stage. I brought Joan Jett on stage mm-hmm. at Coney Island. I brought the whole Steady on stage. So my manager sent a note to the Stones saying, hey, could Rich just say, ladies, gentle, ladies and gentlemen, the Rolling Stones in New Jersey? And they didn't say no. They didn't say yes yet, but right. they, didn't, they didn't like say, what are you, nuts? So there's you know, uh-huh. stranger things. Plus, yeah. they made 800 bucks. Okay, so then after the, after the Ramones, then, or I mean, after the Rolling Stones, Follow that up with uh, something from Pinups, David Bowie. Okay. And right into the Ramones. You know, and that's that's my that's my spectrum. That basically when that ends, starts social day. Pretty much. That's the evolution of No, I I completely appreciate this. I know you're very busy, so uh, we'll just wrap this up. I'll just shut this down and uh, no, thank you. And I will see you uh, and uh, let's close out with the Rolling Stones from Exile, as Mike picked the last uh, couple songs here as we do the lineage of social distortion. Rolling Stones from Exile would shake your hips into uh, David Bowie covering a song made famous by them from the Pinups album. It's called Here Comes the Night. Into the Ramones, would I want you around that I want you around on uh, Friday night. We'll see you at uh, Starland Ballroom. This has been Anything, Anything.
right out my window Walking down the street, my girl With another guy Those arms around her Like it used to be with me Oh, it makes me want to die I accept the fact she's chosen him And simply let them be Oh, here 